Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, January 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Earlier in the week, we discussed the broad storylines for the Chiefs Browns divisional round playoff game. Today, we get into a little more about the game itself and how it might unfold with star columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian and beat writer Sam McDowell. There were some technical difficulties, and we were unable to connect with beat writer Herbie Teope. So what should the Chiefs' strengths be in this game, and how about the Browns? And what weaknesses can the teams take advantage of? We broke it down first on Sportsbeat Live and now present it as a Sportsbeat KC podcast. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from a breezy uh, Kansas City. It's um, uh, Thursday morning here, and you're on Sportsbeat Live where... Sometimes run the bumper music into the opening, but uh, that's just how we roll here at Sports Run back, baby. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, hey, we talk. Uh, we talk Chiefs with you. So please send us your tw- your questions and comments. Um, and the good folks like Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Sam Melliger, and Herbie Teope. There he is. Um, We'll do their best to uh, to provide the answers to those questions and comments. So it is divisional round weekend, and um, look this up. I, I had to remind myself that this is the fifth straight year that the Chiefs have played a home playoff game. Now they haven't always been in the divisional round that year. For the last five, they were but the fifth straight year. The Chiefs are playing um, at home in, in the in the postseason at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, they're gunning for their third straight appearance in the AFC Championship game. No, no other AFC team has hosted three straight AFC title games, as hard as that is to believe. As good as the Patriots have been the past 20 years and Steelers with their runs and uh, the Broncos, uh, nobody's hosted three straight AFC title games. It's happened once in the NFC, at least three. It's actually been four. Does anybody know what team um, – uh, hosted four straight NFC championship games. 49ers? That is incorrect, Sam Mellinger. Uh, Andy Reid's Eagles? The Andy Reid Eagles uh, absolutely did it. In um, It culminated, the, the, the fourth one was the Super Bowl year. Uh, so that was the only one they won. They, they lost the first three home uh, NFC title games, then won the fourth one and went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Boston the Patriots. So Andy Reid could have that distinction in both uh, the NFC and the AFC by hosting um, at least three consecutive conference championship games. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I love the divisional round. I, I just think of the of the wild card round was fun last week. It was wall to wall football from uh, from from noon to in, well into the evening. Um, but over the years, I just find the divisional round to be the most intriguing. And the fact that the Chiefs have been involved with it now for as often as they have uh, just just adds to the to the flavor of the weekend. Herbie, how about you? Are you you, you like this round of the of the playoffs? I think Herbie has uh, never sounded better. That's right. <laughs> Herbie has delivered his answer, and uh, apparently not does not like uh, this round. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, need to get Herbie back because uh, th- th- that, has, that question wasn't as important as the injury report, uh, but we'll go to Sam McDowell on that. Sam, there was uh, three who didn't practice 
on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, I guess I didn't realize Rashad Fenton had been injured, or I, I didn't know what that was about. But Willie Gay and Sammy Watkins were the other two. Um, what uh, what do we think about uh, about why? I think Watkins is going to play. He seems to always be on the injury report. But how, how, what's your take on the on the injury report from from Wednesday? Well, um, I don't. I guess I'd be a little bit less optimistic. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to rule it out. But the fact that after a bye week, he's and, and obviously didn't play week 17 either. He still had to sit out practice completely, not even a limited participant. I think it's a little bit concerning about whether or not they're going to have Sammy Watkins on Sunday. Um, but the other key name was the, the the big one that did practice, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I think it's trending. We talked about this on Monday. I think it's trending in the right direction that they could see at least some of him on Sunday. Yeah, also uh, other folks who had missed the, um, uh, the the last game or two or you kind of wondered about were Ben Neiman, the linebacker, and and Mike Remmers, the, the offensive tackle, uh, both were back at practice on on Wednesday. I want to go back to Willie Gay for a second, though. H- him being out with a with an ankle injury, with what the uh, the strength the strength of the, the the Cleveland offense. Obviously, there is the running backs and the running game. It just occurs to me that uh, you want some speed at that position, at the linebacker position, to help cover Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. La- you know, last week it was Nick Chubb out of the backfield. Kareem Hunt's been there their bigger target out of the backfield uh, as a receiver this season, but it was Chubb against the Steelers last week. And um, it just seems like Willie Gay is uh, maybe better suited for that than, than others at the, at the linebacking core. But uh, we do expect to see what Anthony Hitchens back and, and Damian Wilson as well. Yeah. Um, Willie Gay, I, I was told, is, is, is dealing with a high ankle sprain. So those things are a little bit energy. It's usually two to four weeks. Um, which puts his playoffs in doubt. I think if they were to advance to a Super Bowl, he'd be able to play. But but you're right. It, of all the potential matchups they could have had, I looked at the Colts and Browns, the two I thought he would get some pretty serious snaps in. So you mentioned the other guys are back. So they'll, they'll have some guys that can cover that, guys who are used to being on the field. They're not going to have to reach too far into their depth chart. But I do think this was a Willie Gay potential game here. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's st- let's stay with the game here in the matchup. Um I, I, I found myself wondering uh, the last couple of days uh, about the Chiefs and the way that they, they they ended the regular season. Of course, you have to discount the the Chargers game, but uh, but the Falcons game was certainly too, too close to for comfort for the Chiefs. And um, and 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 Patrick Mahomes, his his numbers in the last what three or four games that he played, the interceptions, the number of sacks that he took. Um, it, do, do we expect the, the the time off? You know, almost it will almost have been three weeks. It's been three weeks for Mahomes and the starters um, to to get the offense back in in rhythm and sync, and especially Patrick Mahomes. Melly, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure I buy the rust thing. Um, I, there's not. I think what we know is there's there's not like hard convincing proof that if you rest too long, you get rusty. Um, you, you can pick out instances. You, you can pick out examples to make whatever point you want to make, but it's there's no rule that says if you rest too long, you, you get rusty. And I think that this specific group, um, I think they needed the time off. 
Um, I, I really do. I, I think that uh, Frank Clark, for instance, I mean, we saw what the time off did for him uh, last year and, and how effective he was in the playoffs. And, and I also think that, um, you know, you need reps and all those things, but they needed time to fix some cu- communication issues that they were having on the offensive line of, of picking up blitzes. That that Falcons game, that, that's going to stick out to me. That, that was the first one. We've talked about this before, but that was the first time that, you know, of these close wins, flaw, not a feature. You know what I mean? And and so they, they need to get that fixed. Um, and look, like we've seen the Chiefs come out slow before when they didn't have 21 days off. So, you know, if, if they have to punt their first two possessions, I don't think, you know, people are going to say, ah, they, they rested too long. They should have played them. But I just, I don't know that there's a, a causation there. Hey, Blair, well, I would just, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was just by. Um, I was just going to say that the Chiefs had an entire off season um, without preseason games and came out and and played really well in the opener this year. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's not a great example because so much has happened since then. But there's the old Andy Reid off the bye, off the rest thing too that has to take be factored into this. Go ahead, bye. Yeah, no, for sure. And and look, I think the other thing too that you know we think about last year and that. Slow start against Houston after the after the bye week, and it, you know I know they got a little they got a little help from the defense, but they they did put up 28 points in the first half. You know by the time that was all said and done, so I I think a year later, a, a year more kind of uh, cohesion with the, the 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 basic group of the the skill position guys, um, the Mahomes factor. I, I don't I don't think we're going to see any fall off there or any any reason to think that that we'll feel like by the end of the game like uh boy they they, they if only they had uh uh you know played against uh against the chargers i i just don't i don't see that i think this is where i think it, it unlike maybe any season ever before right where the benefit of the continuity and uh uh just the, the whole the whole group coming back stands out can I say something real quick? Like if we're just talking about like emotional and, and, and who's ready for Sunday, I'd much rather be in the chiefs position than the Browns having just won their Super Bowl and now having to play again seven days later. I think there's more of a chance that if we're going to go on this like emotionally flat thing, I think there's, there's more of a chance that it's the Browns and not the chiefs on Sunday. I, th- that's a good point. It, it, you know, not only did the Browns win their first playoff game since, well, uh, when, uh, 1994, I guess, right? Um, uh, because they didn't, they were one and done. Crazy. In, in 02. <laughs> but they beat, you know, they, they beat the Darth Vader opponent for that. Yes. Right? They, they beat the, you know, the, that's the Holy War game for the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, I mean, that, that game... <laughs> Listen, listen. Cleveland's a good team. I, I, they do a lot of things well. There's some things they don't do well, but they've they've done enough things well to go to 11 and five in in the regular season. And uh, they've got great players. Absolutely, they terrific offensive line that we'll we'll get to. But um, I, I agree, Sam. That that I'm not calling last week's win at Pittsburgh an aberration, but to to have the first snap of the game go over you know Ben Roethlisberger's head into the end zone for a touchdown and then to have Roethlisberger throw picks i think on the next two possessions and end up with four interceptions in the game uh among and then f- with, with along with the the snap made it five turnovers you you're just not going to that's not going to happen um on sunday with the chiefs i i, I just 
Um, look, we'll, we'll get into how we think the game's going to unfold. It's just, but I don't see the Chiefs giving away five possessions in a, in a game against the <laughs> Giving away five possessions and still scoring 37 points um, against Cleveland. So, You know, it is hard to believe just when you brought up that number, 1994 again. I mean, you know, I think we've seen on the comments here some sympathetic uh, uh, people to the Browns' cause and, you know, just appreciating that the Browns finally won. And it's it's not that hard for a Chiefs fan to think like, let's see, well, we went what was it, twenty one, twenty two years without winning a playoff game, and so it, there's a little relatability thing there that is not in that far in the past. Right, Mark Giordano is from Pennsylvania, uh, weighed in on this, and I've got family who live in suburban Cleveland, so I I I know they're they were scrambling to get tickets for the, you know, to the game, want to know how they can get some tickets. Um, it's a really, really big deal for, for the Browns. And, uh, I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if after the game we're talking about, you know, the, the Browns uh, wrapping up the season and having a looking forward to next year with, a, with great anticipation and a, and, and a uh, power broker now in the, in the AFC North, along with uh, uh, maybe replacing the Steelers and, and it's Baltimore and, and Cleveland we're looking at as, as the teams in, in that division go, going forward. So, all right. So, as I mentioned, the, the Browns do, they, they do a lot of things well and, and they run the ball uh, extremely well. They were third in the NF, NFL in rushing yards. And, and, and part of that is they have an offensive line. That's, that's terrific. Um, it, Sam McDowell, did, did we check out the, the Browns injury report? Is Conklin, um, is Conklin going to, did he practice yesterday? Yeah, let me let me check. They did have a, a you know their their tight end is um their their tight end did not practice. I did not see uh, him listed as a uh, as a did not practice, but let me check. Okay, well yesterday it, they listed Conklin as a did not participate. Okay, well look that that's um I I, I, I was going to say that's that's a, a, certainly a big deal and something to keep an eye on if he doesn't if he doesn't play. But he was off the field for at least part of the game on Sunday night and neither the, the offensive line coach or the assistant offensive line coach or the head coach uh, <laughs> were in, were in Pittsburgh and still that offensive line did a great job of get, getting uh, Baker Mayfield protected and, and opening up polls for, for Hunt and, and, and Nick Chubb. Um, speaking of their, speaking of their coach, uh, Kevin Stefanski, Bahe, I know you weighed in on that today and uh, it's just, I, I, there, there are there will not be another uh, AFC playoff game uh, played by the Chiefs that doesn't involve a former Chiefs assistant. Um, they, they've got them. You know, I wrote earlier this week about how all the the young guns at quarterback in the divisional round, and you wrote today about the Andy Reid coaching tree just blanketing the the divisional round. Yeah, it's kind of a, a funny thing, but also there's just so many of them out there. It's it's also the kind of thing that could just happen. Um, and it it obviously we're looking down the road, but it's it's interesting to speculate whether the three coordinators with the Chiefs right now will will get head coaching jobs. In the case of Steve Spagnolo, again, but you, we, we obviously have talked about Eric Bieniemy and and Dave Tobe has been on some people's radar for a long time. So it, it's it's all about Andy Reid out there that. The twist with Kevin Stefanski is it's a little bit different. Um, you know, he was a training camp intern uh, for the Eagles in 2005 up in uh, Bethlehem, PA at Lehigh University. 
And that camp was better known for Andy Reid having it out with Terrell Owens. Um, but behind the scenes, uh, Kevin Stefanski was was uh, stacking Gatorades and driving people to the airport and such. And as he said yesterday, when we were asking him about it, um, not a lot of glory in that job, but but it did light a fire for him, he said, in terms of seeing it, the possibility of um, what, what was right right there around him in that organization. And Brad Childress took notice of him and took him to Minnesota just months later. And then he was there till he went to Cleveland. So it, it's all kind of a neat story, um, but it also circles back to Andy Reid. Uh, really, I think it's testimony to how Andy Reid looks at this job, right? I think Andy, it, I don't want to overstate the point, but I, but I really do think Andy's in this for reasons that we might all hope coaches are in it for. And I think he really does take great pride in um, bringing people to their better selves. And I, and I think that's on the field. I think it's also with, with his coaching staffs. He really likes to see these guys go get jobs. He likes to beat them too. Um. <laughs> he does. Maybe that's why. I, I tease, I tease. But, but it, I think it's, it's 14 and 6. I think he is against former head coaches now. For, former, former I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, former Reed. That's um, – now, that's amazing. It, it is amazing. Although he, he, you know, he lost one, uh, or one was lost this week when Doug Peterson was fired by the, by the Eagles. But, um, but yeah, to have to have Harbaugh and uh, 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 Buffalo, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah thank you, Tom, yep, um, and, and Stefanski's. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, let's talk a little bit more about, um, uh, about uh, the Browns and what the Chiefs might be able to do to impact uh, um, the, or have have an impact on on the browns defense they uh, the 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 browns don't blitz they're not a they're not a blitzing team uh, they uh, they're the third least blitzing team in the NFL this season I don't know if we'll see some kind of change on that uh, this week and they don't they're, it's not a big sack it's not a big sack team um, and, and to be honest with you they're they're you know they're, they don't uh, they're not a great pass defensive team. So, is there just big opportunity here for for Mahomes, for for Kelsey, for Hill, for Watkins, assuming he plays, for Hardman, for Robinson, for Pringle? Is this um, 
Uh, are we looking at a, uh, at, at a big scoring opportunity here for the Chiefs? What do you think, Sam Melliger? I do. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think the, the Browns' path to winning this game, and, and it just, I, I do think it exists, um, but it's, it's a shootout. Um, I do believe that. And, and I think that, um, you know, if the Chiefs can keep Miles Garrett away from Patrick Mahomes, then I think those safeties can be had on the back end. And, and I think that, um, you know, Sammy Watkins is an important part of this team. Uh, I'm not trying to say anything different, but even if he does not play, I still think that they can, they can throw for a lot of yards against that team. Um, I, I really do believe that that's, um, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're kind of soft on the back end, if, if your pass defense, if your secondary um, is a little bit shaky, this is not the team you want to play. Um, this is just, you know, this is a bad matchup for you. But on the other side, I think that the Browns, you know, that offensive line that, that you that we've been talking about, uh, you know, they can give some time and they can open some lanes and, and the Browns might be able to score some points as well. I see this as a as a game where um, the, the Chiefs will will and uh, I, I think will hold the Browns to field goals while the Chiefs get in the end zone for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and one of the reasons I say that is I, um, w- what we saw from the Chiefs' defense a year ago when, uh, when playoff time started, it's, um, they, they, they just found a way to, to get the job done. And we make a big deal of the Chiefs uh, uh, with Mahomes. They've always scored at least 31 points in each of the playoff games, but they've also held uh, their opponents. What was it last year? It was 31 for the two to the Texans after getting 24 in the first quarter, but what uh, 24 to the Titans and 20 to the 49ers. So Sam McDowell, is, is there, um, uh, is there reason to believe that the chief's defense is kind of rounding into form a little bit and, um, and, and we can, we can trust that unit to, to have a, to, to show up on Sunday and have a good day. I think particularly with the pass rush. I mean, we've talked about this before, but obviously they feel like that's the, the key to their team because that's where they dumped all their resources and, and finances into with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And those two combined had statistically their, their most effective game. The last one that they played against the Falcons, it was the pass rush's best game in, in over two seasons. And if that's the unit that the Chiefs can get in the playoffs, they're going to be very effective defensively because the, their back end is pretty good. And when you don't give the quarterback all day to throw the ball, obviously it's the biggest disruptor in football is pressuring the quarterback. And if you can do that, I, I think their, their defense is going to be okay in the playoffs. But, I mean, of course that's a big if. We, we, we saw Frank Clark come together in the playoffs last year. If they can get that guy again in, in 2021 playoffs here, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. You know, I go back to last season, and, uh, and you know, with Derrick Henry, who I can't remember what his totals what, what his totals were in the regular season game that the, the Titans won. I think he was under seventy yards against the Chiefs in the playoffs, and and the Titans got off to a what ten nothing lead in that game. So you would have expected, um, you know, the Titans to 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 roll, uh, you know, Derrick Henry all all day, and and he was under seventy yards, and it's just. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the defense is, uh, is prepared to have a good game, but, but you're right, Sam, about shootouts. The, the Browns have been in a, not just the playoff game the other night. I remember the cat was at the Cowboys during the regular season was a crazy game, you know, in the, in the forties and they are absolutely capable of, of, of winning in a shootout. How, how about the, how about the Baker Mayfield, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, battle here? Um, but, uh, and and I do like the 
I do like the new yeah. uh, uh, screen here. But uh, what about uh, <laughs> center up? Here we go. I, I just looked this up. Can I just say this real quick about the shootouts? The, the Browns have won five games, including last week. They've won five games, giving up 30 or more points. Like they, 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 are built, they are built for a shootout. That's Chiefs 2018 football right there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but how, how about – is Baker Mayfield ready to beat Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium in a playoff game? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that um, he's really good. Um, you know, or at least he's had a really good season, and most of it is that eight interceptions, right, um, down from – was it 21, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's done that without just going super conservative, without doing like – the Mitch Trubisky path to the Pro Bowl last year, where it was just like dump offs, dump offs. You know, he's still throwing the ball downfield, and and they should. They've got weapons. Um, this is a little bit off the off topic, but I was thinking about this: the four quarterbacks that are left in the AFC, plus um, you know Joe Burrow, um, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, who I think we can add. Um, somebody's got the eighth best young quarterback in the AFC out of. <laughs> out of that group that that it is stacked. I mean, if you are not, if you don't have one of those guys, um, you, you might be struggling for a while. And I, I compared to the NFC where uh, there's just a, just a couple of those guys when you think about it, right. Yeah. Jalen hurts could be one, yeah. um, but I don't think Daniel Jones is one um, uh, there. I mean, the, when it comes to the young, the, the, the young up and coming quarterbacks, uh, yeah. the, the AFC is just on. It's stacked. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And listen, if you're Denver and Drew Locke, who's shown some you know, some signs, but is that good enough? I mean, is that all of a sudden you know can you can you live with a guy like that for two or three years? I I don't know. I, I do think that the, the the Browns have you know in, in being patient with Baker Mayfield uh, or, or the, the payoff has happened. We're seeing the payoff this year, right? Um, and there is. There is some value in, in being patient with, with, with the young quarterbacks, but I, it's two or three years tops to me. And then if that's not the, in the, the, the way it is, in the, the way it's stacked up in the AFC now, if you don't think you have your guy, you've got to go get another guy. I think the Dolphins are talking about that with Tua. They're yep. wondering if Tua is the guy. Yep. Um, and and I, think about, I think about like the Colts. Um, I think the Colts have a terrific roster. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they've got good players all over the place, but they're, they're going to have a 40-year-old Phillip Rivers next year? Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know how that works, you know? Like, I'd, I'd feel a lot better about Drew Locke if he was on the Colts. You know, I, I'm just not sure yeah. what, what the Broncos have around him. Blair, it's funny. Just I think you probably mentioned this in your story the other day. Is this the right number? Uh, it, all four of these guys in the, in the, uh, remaining in the AFC are 25 and under? Yeah, there's two two twenty five year olds and two twenty four year olds. So at least at least three of the four in the NFC are thirty five and older, right? Uh, yeah, thirty seven. Uh, Rogers is thirty seven, and then forty three, forty two on uh, with Brady and and Breeze. So it's uh, it's 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 going to be fun. The AFC is just going to be wild, and every you know you, when the Chiefs schedule next year comes out, we know who the opponents are, so we already know that. You know they're gonna, you know they're gonna play Josh Allen the regular season, and uh, uh, you know they're gonna see Justin Herbert twice, right? And they're they're, they're gonna they're they're gonna get these guys. Half of their schedule is going to be against terrific young quarterbacks, and they're all gonna be. 
that all gives storylines, right? The Mahomes versus, and, and can, can you finally beat Mahomes? And, uh, and that's kind of, we were presented with one of those on sa- on Sunday, really with, with Baker Mayfield is his first really good opportunity to, to, to beat Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, because they faced each other in 2018. Baker was a, was a rookie then. Well, and essentially Mahomes was too, right? He was just starting for the first year, but that, that was that chief's, aerial circus team and I, I remember the, the Chiefs went nuts in that game offensively and Kareem had Kareem had two or three touchdowns and Kelsey had a couple of touchdowns and um it was just uh, uh, kind of a show and the Browns were just trying to figure things out with Baker Mayfield at, at the time yeah, they were in a way wasn't that like right at the Freddie Kitchens sort of turnover and all yeah that? like um they, they were in a bad place at that moment yep yep I'll tell you what, though, watching, I rewatched the, the Steelers Browns game, and I was really impressed with Mayfield. He didn't make any mistakes. He was, he had a quiet, you know, 263 yards, uh, no mistakes, a couple of, just a couple of bad throws with pressure. And that's something I wonder about the Chiefs, if they can, if they can get enough pressure to disrupt Mayfield and to get him to, to throw the ball a little bit high on third and eight, you know, on the, on the out route. And, uh, I, I think that's that's going to be critical for the Chiefs, and I don't know Chiefs against good offensive lines. It didn't work out so well against the Raiders this year, um, and, and the Browns could be every every bit as good uh, with an, with the offensive line. So uh, let's get to a couple questions before we get out of here. Um, Ed wants to know what we're hearing on Sammy Watkins if he whether well, he's going to play this week. Uh, uh, did not practice yesterday with a calf injury. Look, he hasn't played in three weeks, and as Sam McDowell said before he had to get out of here, uh, when somebody's out of practice on Wednesday after having two and a half weeks off, you, you wonder a little bit uh, about uh, the availability on Sunday. But with Sammy, it's a different kind of a different story. Um, he's he's very injury prone, and uh, he was he was such an important player for the Chiefs in the in the postseason a year ago. I think he was the Chiefs' leading receiver in terms of number of receptions in the postseason last year. So, and he had the long touchdown reception against uh, Tennessee. So looking, um, we'll, we'll all be, we'll know more. We'll have more information on injuries today uh, in, in the middle of the afternoon. And um, uh, Michael J wants to know how we think Le'Veon Bell is used Sunday. Uh, don't you guys think that's just going to be how, uh, what, what we, what we see from Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, in warmups, basically. I, I, I think so. I, I do find myself still interested, though, to see how much more there is for them to develop with him in the passing game. And maybe maybe this is a simplistic way to look at it, but if Sammy Watkins is out, I wonder if they look to, you know, diversify a little further with a little more out of Le'Veon Bell. I just we, We've seen real little glimpses of that from him, but it's just something to remember that that's been a big part of his game in the past. I'll throw this factor out too, just as something to keep an eye on. Um, we, we we got to talk to Travis Kelsey yesterday, and everybody knows Travis is from Cleveland, and um, and it's, he's an emotional person, and he'll he'll be you know it'll be an emotional game for him on on Sunday when he's been in these situations a couple times. He's had terrific games. He was two touchdown receptions against Cleveland a couple years ago. Uh, when he when he faced off against his brother in the regular season in 2017, that was the that was the game where he flew into the end zone from from the five on the shovel pass and then flapped the wings toward the Eagle sideline. Afterwards, he just gets totally emotionally into games that are 
what, what would seem to be personal games for him. With the, with the Browns play, the secondary, the way it plays, a lot of two deep uh, safeties leaving the middle of the field, you know, the, 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 the sort of the middle underneath or the, the middle uh, of the field open underneath. I think Kelsey could have a monster game. I really double digit receptions, couple of touchdowns. I, I would look for him uh, as a uh, as a player who could come up really big. Maybe not so much Tyreek Hill getting behind the, the Browns defense, although that that could happen too. The Steelers did that, you know, a couple of times on on uh, on Sunday. But uh, Kelsey's the one I would uh, I'd keep an eye on in, in the first game. And man, he's become a a post game gamer as well, or a post season gamer as well with touchdowns uh what do you have three in the third second quarter against the texans last year so um, Blair, to, to your point also one thing i think this is a indicative kind of a maturation of travis kelsey i think there was a time where we would think peak emotion is not good for him yeah um and, right. and i think it's been a good couple of years now that we've seen he can harness that and that's pretty crucial Okay. Hey, a couple more comments real quick. Um, David Van Zant wants to know, uh, what do we think about Dr. LTD coming back next year? I didn't, I guess I didn't have any doubts about that. I, I, I figured, I figured he'd be back and, um, and it, it just leads to the idea that, you know, the chiefs went into this season or at least left last season thinking they would have, you know, um, uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, um, uh, Lucas Niang, perhaps, They've had uh, uh, Kasemi uh, uh, um, Kalichi Assembly was showed some really uh, promising uh, games early. They've really had to adjust the offensive line on the fly this year, and I think have done a good job. I still think that's that's a point of concern for the Chiefs in the playoffs, but um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I I don't lack in confidence for the offensive line. So, Bai, you've written as much about LTD as anybody. Did did, did you think he pretty sure he was going to come back? Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't have any sense of certainty. I mean, I, I, I think uh, he was so all in as he talked about what he was doing. And, uh, you know, maybe I've missed it, but I don't think over the months we, we saw much of him even commenting on what's going on here. And I, that doesn't mean, you know, he's disengaged, but um, it, 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 so I, I don't know. I, it, it, it's been a coin toss to me and, and I'm, I'm concerned that from the way you guys are saying this, I missed some news in the last day or two. Have we heard something that he says he's coming back? Told, uh, um, I, I don't know what publication ended up in, but said he was planning on being back next year. That's that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it's been we've made a lot of inquiries, tried through his people and the Chiefs, trying to uh, get with him. I certainly thought it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts on the season, and we've been told that he's not talking to the media. So um, I guess he wanted to get the message out there, and that, that's good. I. I uh, we'd certainly look forward to seeing him back, wouldn't we, on, on every level? For sure. Um, Michael J. asks if, um, uh, if if the Chiefs are holding out hope for Schwartz to, to play in this game or any game. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think Mitchell Schwartz is going to play the rest of the season. Um, he, he was given the, the dreaded uh, literally day-to-day um, <laughs> label yeah. by, by Andy. Yeah. So, and there aren't, aren't there, there aren't many days left. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, you're talking about a 300 and some pound man whose job it is to keep athletic freaks away from uh, Patrick Mahomes and to do that with a bad back. I, that's a that's a tall task for sure. Okay, let's. Um, uh, my uh, my thought is the Chiefs win this game. Uh, the the over under is 54. I think the game goes over, and I think the Chiefs cover. 
Uh, they're a 10-point favorite. I think they just cover. So I, I think I predict 35-24. And, um, and, and I think they'll end up playing the Bills in the AFC Championship game. How about, uh, Sam, how about a score in a, in a uh, uh, AFC Championship game matchup prediction? Yeah, um, I mean, probably similar to what you're saying. I was like 38-28 is, is a thing that's in my head, 40 to 30. I don't know. I, I think there'll be a lot of points in this game. Um, I do. And, 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 and I think the Ravens are going to beat the Bills. Um, I think they're, they're both – nobody's going to be surprised either way, right? But um, it, it seems to me that I like the Ravens. They both have a superstar quarterback, both these teams. And I, just, I think the Ravens are a little bit more of a complete team right now. Okay. Stephen Logan agrees with you. He thinks the Ravens will win big. Um, Vahe, what do you think? I think uh, same realm you guys are talking about, roughly 35-21, something that will make people uh, be on edge about the over-under. Uh, I think that I think that the Chiefs will – but I think the Chiefs, you'll know they're winning this game in, in, in the fourth quarter. I, I think it will be like that. Um, and I, boy, I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that Ravens-Bills matchup. I, I think I might be wrong about this, but I think uh, the, the team, the, the, the Chiefs fans would fear the most would be the Ravens, um, just because even though the Chiefs have, have beaten them repeatedly, I think that there's always this feeling of when's Lamar going to bust loose against the Chiefs, and and um, and I, I so I think we're going to get that scenario. I just feel like we're going to get the one that's uh, the the most most apparently. Uh, Emotionally challenging to the fan base. <laughs> That's right. I also think the Ravens are fueled. Ravens are fueled by the disappointment of not only last year but the last couple of years when they lost home playoff games. And uh, was was last week's win over the Titans enough to satisfy that? You know that itch for for the Ravens. I don't know. I just I just think the Bills in Buffalo are uh, are really tough out. So that's why I'm going with the home team there. So anyway, all right. Um, Herbie Tiope, we had technical uh, difficulties. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely catch up with Herbie after the game on Sunday. Sam McDowell had to, had to break out early, so thanks for Sam McDowell for being here. Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, thank you so much. Beth Welsh, our producer, terrific job. Thanks a lot, Beth. We will talk to you Sunday evening after the Chiefs-Browns divisional round game. Take care, everybody. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff and everyone who helps make Sports Beat KC happen. Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to the A-team of Herbie Tiope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian for Talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you, especially for those that want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage, which we're ramping up for the playoffs. For limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Of course you do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product, sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the e-edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday with another episode.